Welcome everybody to this week's Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to an all-new episode of FewerCast, our Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast, where we break down all the week's Film Effect movie news from our full effect point of views. There's a lot happening in the entertainment industry right now, everything from award season officially underway to The Last of Us premiering on HBO with all eyes on that network right now. But in case you're new to the crew... My name is Ed, and joining me, like they do each and every week, are the show's usual suspects. First up, we got Jocelyn. Hey, guys. And Andrew. Greetings and salutations. And Justin. Hey, now. Finally, Corey. Hello, governor. All right, well, I know it's been a bit, so let's tighten that grip and bring on the drip. I may have some breaking news for you. Elliot. All right, I'm going to kick off this week's news with, uh, you know, Netflix. They went ahead today and dropped their Save the Dates video for 2023. Pretty much their announcement release date slate for the year. I think they did this last year, too, around this time, where they just, just in fact, they did, because that was the first, like, glimpse we saw of uh, Glass Onion. But, um, yeah, um, kind of came out of left field but it's not like they planned for stuff like this so just you know breakdown of some of the stuff that they uh announced uh there's this uh millie bobby brown film looks like a medieval film with her and uh, robin wright called damsel comes out october 13th of course we got chris hemsworth extraction 2 which is coming out june 16th not quite sure how that's a movie scene, how he died at the end of the first one. I didn't even know there was a first one. I saw that and I was like, oh, wow. I, I have not even heard of that. It's, you know, it's not bad until the end. Um, He just turns into Superman and it threw me off. Uh, So, yeah, there's um some Gal Gadot movie coming out called Heart of Stone, which I've never even heard of prior to this announcement. That comes out August 11th. Um... Uh, the, the Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston Murder Mystery 2 comes out on March 31st. What else do we have here? Uh, Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy film, You People, which we already knew com- that comes out like in two weeks, the 27th of January. Uh, but the big one, The Killer. <laughs> we got our, our boy David Fincher. This was on mine and Justin's most anticipated list from last week, you know? We got our little glimpse of that with uh, Michael that Fassbender. Fassbender. That's right, yeah. Fassbender's first film in five years. Fincher's first film since... Help me out here. What Mank. the hell is... wasn't that huh? long, long ago. Mank. Okay, Mank. Mank. Yeah. that's right. See, I, I didn't watch that. Um, the whole... I, I, I keep thinking, because he did Mine that What was it, Mindhunter or Mine? What, what was yeah. the show? Mindhunters. Yeah, and I... For the longest time, I got that and made, like kind of confused with one another, even though they're 
completely different projects. I, I don't, <laughs> Slightly I have no different. Idea. There's one's a lot blank of, and white, just, one's not. For just, I'm just saying, like, there's a shitload of stuff that I have not watched yet on Netflix. Like, there's a whole slate of movies on Netflix I haven't even gone over and watched yet. So it's not just that, you know. It doesn't take away from the fact that I love myself and David Fincher. I, I I don't know what is Mink about anyway. I know it's Gary Oldman. Yeah, it's, it's about the fictitious. I don't know if it's fictitious or non-fictitious, but it's about the writer of uh, Citizen Kane that is not Orson Welles, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's gotcha. How- Howard Mankiewicz, uh, the writer for um, Citizen Kane. It's just about his creative process and kind of like his fall from grace in Hollywood and the golden era. And it's also, um, it's got a lot of political context to it as well about an election, an infamous election that took place around that time. And yes, Orson Welles um, is portrayed in the film, but he's just like a very small character. But I think if you're a fan of um, obviously Citizen Kane, Orson Welles, or uh, Golden Era Hollywood, it's a great movie. Excellent film. Really good. Gary Oldman uh, definitely deserved the attention he got for that one. Yeah, it did. Yeah, like I, I still haven't seen it, but like I know like Fincher kind of. Not that he's not an Orson Welles fan, but he's like that story, it's like. It's about how Wells gets all the credit for Citizen Kane and Mankiewicz really kind of got left out in the cold. I think, right, Corey? Isn't that is is that all portrayed in the movie? That was my understanding. That was a big part of it. Yeah, essentially, because I mean, Mankiewicz really shaped the movie. I mean, you know, Orson Welles had an idea, but then Mankiewicz was really like the one who shaped it and held it together, and he really was just ostracized by that point. In Hollywood, you know, from a lot of his doings, but also from Orson Welles getting all the credit as well. Yeah, right. it's absolutely right. Yeah, it just doesn't sound like the kind of movie that David Fincher would make, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure it was originally. A passion bro- <clears throat> I'm sorry. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure it was a passion project between him and his father, and his father passed yeah. away, so he put it on the back burner. Gotcha. Yeah, I think his dad wrote maybe not the final script, but like these the original script like sometime in the 70s i believe i read so oh, wow okay yeah it was, and it's it, like a real personal thing for him gotcha. it's real interesting to me and i can't believe i've never seen it because i'm a, i'm a huge huge fan of orson welles and citizen kane and the whole history behind it will randolph Hearst and all that so i kind of regret not seeing it yet but it's one of those movies that's definitely on the back burner for me hold yeah, on none of us have watched make except for Corey. yeah i know I, i'm that's I'm correct really, a wow. big Venture fan and a big Orson Welles and Citizen Kane fan, so I, I don't know how I've never gotten around to it. You know, you know, I've always meant to. I wasn't really that into it, but actually, Sean is the one that uh, recommended it to me, so he turned me on to it, and I really mm. enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I know it's going to be good. Interesting, interesting. Remind me to give the audience an update on Sean later on in the episode. Just okay. remember that. Um, and then November 10th, uh, that, that's the killer. December 8th, uh, I have never heard of this movie until this preview and I looked it up. Leave the World Behind. It's Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, um, Marshall Ali, and Kevin Bacon. And it's uh, based on a book apparently that came out a couple years ago. There was a huge, like, I read into this because like, I, I didn't even know this was a thing until this preview earlier today. And I read up on it, and apparently there was a big bidding war over this movie. How I had never heard of this is beyond me. But basically, the the, the 
the synopsis here is a family vacation on Long Island is interrupted by two strangers bearing news of a mysterious blackout. As the threat grows more imminent, the families must decide how best to survive the potential crisis while grappling with their own place in this collapsing world. And of course, Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts are the, the, the couple on vacation. And yeah, the, um, it doesn't come out till December. So we still got a ways to go, but I, I don't know. It just, everything about this project is just doesn't, I don't know. I don't want to say it doesn't feel right because it, it does. It's just, I, I don't, I'm interested. Let's just put it that way. It, it's piqued my interest. There's something about this movie that's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I keep putting my finger on it. So, uh, but moving on, there's a heist film because, you know, Kevin Hart loves himself some heist films with Kevin Hart called Lift coming out August 25th. And uh, one more, one more. Um, oh, yeah. Zack Snyder. Rebel Moon. That's uh, December 22nd. Rounding out the, the yeah, slate. I'm, I know I'm you're, excited it's coming out, but I'm bummed that it's like so far. I, I thought it was coming out like maybe June or July. Yeah. No, it's it, a lot of these announcements and all for these movies and stuff. Like, I, shit earlier today my favorite band the bouncing souls announced their tour for this year and they're coming here december fucking december so a lot of <laughs> a lot of things being announced that's just a ways away so but we know it's coming Yeah, when you texted me earlier and you were like yeah they're playing in december i was like why the fuck are you texting me about december but at the same time it was about ram's head so yeah i'm very happy for them being at ram's head well, not only that, it was just, you know, it was just announced, and it's just weird. It's December 7th, and here we are, January 18th still, as of recording. Well, they also but, announced a new album, so it obviously coincides. A new album, they released two songs, it's, it's, it's good stuff. So yeah, that's uh, my contribution to the drip this week, is uh, this Netflix slate. Um most of the listeners probably have checked it out by now, but if not, you know, it's I'll post it on our Twitter at Film Effect Pod, or you can just every outlet has posted this damn thing, so it's not hard to find. So, all right, keeping up with uh, everyone doing a piece a week, uh, let's move on to Jocelyn. What are you talking about this week? Um, I wanted to, mine's more of. I guess like the you know entertainment side, but um, I wanted to talk about Foo Fighters and them announcing their uh, festival tour, which I was yes. let's talk insanely about the shocked. Yeah, because I I mean Dave had a hard year last year. I mean he lost Taylor in March, and then three months later he lost his mom. So from what I understood what I read, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but I read from different sources that he would, he had said, made a statement basically that he was going to take some time off. I don't know if maybe that meant from like a full blown tour. I think that meant the year. Yeah. I mean, that could have been too. Cause it is a new year. Cause they're, waste, they're wasting no yeah. time getting back into the Right. I mean, they, last week they announced like all, they're playing like every major festival. Yeah. This like year. Boston Calling, Sonic Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing one in Brazil. Bonnaroo. Brazil. Yeah. Bonnaroo. And then now playing, uh, co-headlining think- Homecoming, like the Harley Davidson Homecoming with Green Day. Yeah, they just that. announced, I believe it was like today or something. So I saw that. Yeah. But, um, there's no yeah, doubt in my I mind. Mean, there's there's, there's going to be a summer tour. 
they're touring the whole summer. I mean, the, yeah, they're they're festival wise. Yeah, I don't no, think no, they're no, gonna no, go. No, 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 no. Well, the festivals are apart. I think they're doing a full fledged tour. I really do. I believe it. I, it hasn't been announced yet. I haven't heard any rumblings about it. This is just my guts telling me, with all these festivals, the fact that they're just jumping back into this. They posted that, you know, announcement, you know, on New Year's Eve, that they're going to continue as a band. Like that was them saying, "Look out, motherfuckers! 2023, we're coming back at you." Yeah. See, now I'm the complete opposite. I think that they're probably going to take this year and go with just the festival tour and probably get a feel for I I, I honestly think it's going to be Rufus Taylor that's probably going to be drumming with I them. I was about to say let's play a game. Who's the new drummer for the Foo Fighters? <laughs> but I or think they're going to they get they're going to have a full-time, you know, they could just have a recording and separate re- recording and touring or recording will be Dave. But, you know, they could have just a temporary not temporary, I want to call it that, but like a ghost drummer, you know, someone who Drum just machine. tours. Yeah, not yeah. A drum machine. No, I'm talking about like, <laughs> like, uh, like, like Josh Freeze. Like he's a guy who all the bands call when they need a drummer for the record, or, or if they need a drummer for the the fall or summer tour, but they don't, you know, their drummer broke his ankle skateboarding or some stu- stupid shit. You know what I mean? Like I know, yeah. Several years ago, when Alkaline Trio did their like their return from hiatus, big summer tour, their drummer Derek couldn't. Same thing happened. He fucked his ankle up. I think he was skateboarding. I could be wrong, but they got you know Josh Freeze to come in and drum. That and that's that's who I was also thinking Josh Josh Freeze or even like Matt Cameron if like Pearl Jam's not touring or anything too. I could see that. Yeah, but I I can't can't see Matt Cameron's style though competing with Taylor. I I just I can't see Matt Cameron doing it. No disrespect to Matt Cameron. Queens of the Stone Age, right? At yes. some point, Everyone's yeah, yeah. So, and a, a perfect Stone circle, even Dave. Perfect yeah, right, perfect circle. circle. Yeah, so they have a, at least probably some sort of like connection through that. I mean, I'm sure they know each other anyway, but like you know, that Queens of the Stone Age connection, if nothing else. Well, that's Josh Holmes chem- and Dave Grohl, are like best friends. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then uh, them Kirk and Walters too. You know. Yeah. Right that connection and everything but i don't i i think rufus taylor would i think he would be perfect honestly so that's that's my go on it i'm not sure how old he is but that's i mean that's my guess i I feel like he's probably going to be a big part of the festivals and everything and probably just get a feel for it and everything and then i feel like next year they're probably gonna do like a full-blown like world tour again so uh, but we'll i don't see. know i mean we'll we'll see yeah but i mean, I I mean, I mean I i'm excited for they it they would do just these select dates not just a whole you know big thing if you're gonna do well they did that they did that during COVID. they only did they didn't do anything they just did festivals because they didn't want you know like anticipate something happening or like i guess with like COVID getting worse or something like that and then having to cancel everything all over again so that's why they waited a couple. Of, God, it was it was a while before they mm-hmm. actually went on tour, and then everything happened with Taylor, and then they ended up, you know, kind of kind of backfired on them. With Whether their plans it's this summer, so. next summer, five summers from now, I'm about it's, it's, it. <laughs> it's going to be an emotional fucking tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I I would love to go up to Boston and see the Boston Calling show because I think that's like the closest one to us. But I'd ugh. 
I can't. I'd it's imagine that Columbus happen. one's closer. Isn't Columbus closer than Boston, or, or am I off? Uh, it might be. I think Columbus is about 10 hours away. Oh, I know Boston's shorter than that then. I think Boston's yeah. like six hours. Yeah. It's not but, that long. But yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk about. I'm excited for it, and I just want to see what your guys take on all of it was because i honestly was in complete and utter shock <laughs> that that even got announced but they say music is healing so yeah know, i was i was kind of taken back last week when i saw oh they're playing this tour, this festival and it was like two hours later a new festival was because it was all <laughs> announced like the same day and i was like oh they're playing this one oh another festival another food fighters announcement holy shit yeah <laughs> so well, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably the best for them is to try to progress. That's that's what he would have wanted for sure. Right. So, you know, I'm glad to see that they're starting to pick themselves up. I agree. I don't I don't think it's going to be a full blown tour, or worldwide tour, or anything like that. But you know, something to dip their toes back in the water to stay consistent to some form of extent. Not that they need to, but at the same time, as an artist, you don't want to just sit at home and see, build right. rust. You, you know just I mean? did it too. Right. You both just used the term worldwide. I never once said worldwide tour. My prediction sure, was it's... they're going to do a national tour here in the United States of America. <laughs> I'm just joking. I just feel like at that point, why would you not go on a world tour? They're the Foo Fighters. They're like the biggest fucking rock band in the world. I don't know. I mean, London got that big Taylor tribute. Yeah, the LA got one too, but it wasn't as it was, it was nowhere near as big as, as, big as, as L, London. Uh, the yeah. London one was. That that was huge. For sure. The one in fucking LA was like on a Monday afternoon at two thirty or something. It was just really, really fucking random. Sure. Yeah. This is personal opinion, not matter of fact, but I would assume they probably have a much larger audience even outside of the United States, given the you know context of the world. But they're one of the so biggest it, rock and roll bands in the world. That's what I'm saying. Like they are the definition of rock and roll. If they're they were broken up, rock and roll would be dead. So I, I, I wouldn't I, go that far. That's a, that's a bold statement right there. I would. I agree with Andrew. I would. <laughs> it's, I mean, rock and roll is you know no disrespect. It's not. But it's not what it, Yeah, it, it's definitely not what it used to be. Not when we were growing up, for sure. I mean, Kiss, Kiss is on like the fucking 25th anniversary of their farewell tour. So I mean, they're still rocking and rolling. All night long. Yeah, but I think I think he means day. like like new new rock like new rock. It's it's I, not. I know. I I, I wouldn't I rely it. upon Kiss to keep this alive, brother. I, <laughs> man, you really can't Gene pick Simmons up just a and do a microphone. All right, um, Andrew, let's talk about your news article that you're bringing to us this week. What are you going to bring to the table? So my news article is around a movie that is being portrayed about um michael jackson i'm a big michael jackson fan but the thing about michael jackson is if you're going to make a movie about him it really depends on the time and era of his life i don't think they should do it from start to finish but that's just a personal opinion um i don't i don't know i mean i've kind of followed this film to a certain extent but today i did a whole bunch of research on it and it it honestly looks good it's a now pardon my pardon my language but Antoine Fuqua haven't seen Emancipation I know he directed that but Training Day Training Day above all he, above all he, he directed Training Day I was gonna, I was getting to that he directed Training Day but he also directed Tears of the Sun so let's not forget that 
but you know he's obviously a competent director but the more i was reading into this the more that i'm reading into this the writer and the producer who is john logan as the writer graham king as the producer they've done um aviator which was you know howard hughes that film about him it, it which is a great film by the way if you've never seen it um but they've also done like Rango, a bunch of Johnny Depp films together. But they act, they obviously have, you know, chemistry together is what I'm saying. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for this film. It's just when it comes to Michael Jackson, you know, I, I love Michael Jackson to death. But there's obviously some controversial shit around them. So I'm interested <laughs> to see where this film goes and how deep into everything it, it does. Or if it just, you know, covers the 1970s and 80s and 90s and then it's done with it. So I, I'm, I'm not following this film a whole, whole lot. But the fact that they've got these guys on, I'm intrigued by it at this point. And I'm well, wondering Michael where Jackson. Everyone... <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. Finish your thought. I'm wondering where everyone else is on Michael Jackson. But more importantly, like if you were to do a film about Michael Jackson's quote unquote career, would it be just about his musical career or the controversial shit afterwards as well? Well, and that's, I was going <laughs> to say, like, Michael Jackson's just, he was, I, I'm not saying this to be a dick, but I think everybody can agree. He was an oddball. You know, he was just a very, very strange guy. Even 100%. just his, he was a weird one. Even 100%. just his look. So doing a movie like this, you kind of got to, like, like, go about it the right way because you, you, you could start off being a parody, like, right off the bat, just by the way you, you have him portrayed. It's, that's a tough thing to pull off. Again, I don't like that. I'd rather just watch a Michael Jackson documentary than watch somebody portray Michael Jackson. But that's know. what I. I mean, wasn't that essentially what that that film "This Is It" was right when he passed? That film. No, that was right. more or less 3D. about the dancing, like the dancing aspect of his concerts. Because I, yeah, I watched yeah, that. I knew as that well. like that was his farewell tour, but I thought that that like just after he died, it branched out into like a biography. Or a documentary not or, really it was more um, about like what his final tour would have been hypothetically speaking gotcha. he didn't die because i did the, i did the tour watch didn't that happen he died before the tour right correct he died while yeah. they were rehearsing correct. wasn't yep. it gotcha so i'm interested to see I this mean, film but i will also say that john logan wrote uh rko 281 the reason i wanted to bring that up is because we were just talking about mank rko 281 is kind of sort of the same thing it's a it's like a dramatized version of the writing and like leading up to Citizen Kane and making Citizen Kane more or less about William Randolph Hearst and the controversy behind that. But hmm. I just wanted to point that out. Andrew, you said something interesting and I kind of agree with you. Like with biopics in general, I don't like when they try to cover like someone's entire life or career. I think the best um biopics or the ones where it covers a certain portion of their life or an event so i don't know i was just interested you said that because i kind of agree i think if it just covers a certain part of michael jackson's career i think it would be a lot better i think it because it can just delve into more stuff and focus on prior to him permanently going white face i mean i don't really care either way <laughs> I, I think it's interesting i think I think you just have to pick one or the other, though. Like, either if you want to go the idealized route from the 80s when, you know, as Dave Chappelle said, a dude made Thriller. So, I mean, if you want to go that route, then go that route. Or if you want to go the controversial route, then, you know, try to do it respectfully. But I just kind of hope they don't try to have both and kind of glaze over 
you know, all, all his controversies and, you know, kind of disrespect to a lot of the victims and a lot of the families and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm okay I with agree. either way, but I, I think you have to pick and uh, do well. Well, here, here's my take on on your with this this whole or Michael Jackson in general, I guess. Um, I'll sum it up real easy. This past Christmas, my daughter Madeline got her first record player so she's into vinyl like all the kids are it's all the rage these days bringing back vinyl which i'm all for don't get me wrong i just can't stand the fucking prices but that's another thing neither neither here nor there um i got her list i got her all the vinyls all the records she wanted for christmas but then i got two additional records one cold cold place parachutes just because it's a fucking phenomenal record to start to finish. It's one of my all-time favorites, and I just said, "Here you go, kid." I think X Y is better. Like this record now. You may not like this record now, but it will throughout your life as you get older. You will learn to appreciate it. Um, and the other one was Thriller, because I'm of the opinion, and I told her this: if you're gonna have a record player, if you're gonna get into vinyl, then you are gonna have the biggest record. You know, the, the biggest selling record, like, this just such a thriller is everything. You know, it's 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 a record that insp- it's like it's inspired so many ideas and, and musicians. And it's like the you know, there's a reason why it's the best selling record of all time. Maybe that's been surpassed by now, but I, that was always I don't know. I don't think so. That, that was the best selling record ever. But I told her, like, point blank, like, if you're going to have a record player, you're going to have Thriller. So that should give you an, an idea of where I'm at on Michael Jackson. Well, not only that, when you open the actual vinyl, and I would assume it's still like this to this day, the front cover is Michael Jackson leaning over something. But if you actually unfold it, it's him laying over a tiger. It's a tiger. It's a tiger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. we have it. My my wife has a small vinyl collection, and of course that's one of them. Well, it has to be. If yeah, if you're you got a collection, you gotta have Thriller. Just so we're clear, Thriller so, is number one selling of all time. Yes. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I have the. Um, uh, I, I don't have it on vinyl. I have the CD, and the, the CD I have it's like the 30th anniversary edition or something like that. And it has a slip cover, and the slip cover is the picture of him with the baby cub. <laughs> when you think when you take the slip cover off, then it's the normal, the normal cover. Yeah, I actually was looking at that at your house over the weekend. Because it's, it's right there on the edge of your CD rack. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. But I also want to right. point out um, real quick, Graham King produced Bohemian Rhapsody, which I didn't see, but I heard so many good things about. So he obviously has some sort of notoriety in this, I guess, landscape of film. So we'll see. Yeah, that film was too much of a clusterfuck. I didn't see it. Yeah, it was okay. It was too jumbled. It had this issue I just talked about. Tried to cover too much. Yeah. And the best biopics, like the ones that I'm liking the most lately are where, like you guys have pointed out, rather than start to finish, they focus on a period of the person's life. And a lot of times they take they take uh, like aspects of that person's work and weave it like that's part of the storytelling. So like, um, there's this, um, uh, well, like Naked Lunch is one, uh, David Cronenberg's version of uh, William Burroughs, because that's essentially 
Peter Weller. Yeah, Peter Weller is essentially he's playing Burroughs. It's named Bill Lee, Bill Lee, which was the Burroughs, the name the Burroughs used for the characters that were him and all his stories. But it's basically the telling of him writing naked the the book Naked Lunch, and it incorporates parts of the book into it because the book is you can't film the book the way it's written. It's just it's literally impossible. Some of the shit that happens in that book. Um, but that's that's an interesting one. Um, there's the the Don Cheadle Miles Davis movie. I, I talk about that one all whenever I can. Like uh, Miles Ahead, it's called. It just ref- it's like yeah late. It's like early '80s after Miles Davis. That, What's that? Wasn't that Netflix? Wasn't that Netflix? No, no, it got a theatrical. It was a theatrical release. I forget who it was. I want to say Focus, but I'm not 100 percent sure it was them. I thought it was a Netflix film. No, uh-uh. but that's really good, and it just tells like it, it's it's a completely made up story. It's like it's not, it, but then there's parts of Davis's actual life interwoven into it but it's almost like a it's like a combination biopic black exploitation stoner comedy it's like stoner buddy comedy it's got a lot going on that that's a really good movie even if you're not a miles davis hmm. fan i recommend checking that out oh i oh i definitely am so i'll check it out yeah all right um well justin oh is that me um, okay. Yeah, you're up, man. What do you What do you want to talk about? The one I got is uh, so Mark Patton from A Nightmare on Elm Street Two is apparently very the best sequel. See, I want to like that movie more than I do. I love I love like what it's become and all that, but I just I watched it again just a couple months ago. I just I don't love it. I, I like it. It's okay, but I don't love it. I want to. We'll have to have you on the episode. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I'd, I'd sit on it. Yeah. I, I want to have more of this conversation with you about it. So, but yeah, go on. Um, but he's apparently very ill. Uh, he's down in Mexico, and he's got yeah, I, saw, I read that. Yeah, he's got like AIDS-related issues. Um, so he set up a GoFundMe page to try to get some money. It, apparently, it exceeded whatever his original goal was. Um. But he's just trying to to get back in the states and get some sort of treatment. Um, I just, for the first time, maybe about a month and a half, two months ago, watched that documentary, that Screen Queen. Ah, Screen Queen, that's good. Yeah, it's yeah, it was shutter. It was interesting. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a, the guy. Like, it's it's a sad story. Like, I'm one of those people who fucking hated that movie the first time I saw it, and like for years, just oh, wouldn't. Me too. Go- yeah, wouldn't go back to. I'm like that movie fucking blows, and um, it, it's like it's. I had a true disdain for it growing up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Me too, because I love the first one so much, and um, you know, it, it was it was what it was at the time, but um, I like the the appreciate the reassessment it's gone through. That was it. Just basically that Jesse Walsh is very ill and need some help with medical bills so everybody could send some positive vibes his way yeah i had no idea he was sick like that yeah that's crazy i read about it last week um i forgot who posted uh the link i actually contributed some money um you know it's it's it sucks it sucks it's sad you know because he was just coming around over the years to like opening up about his time on that movie hence the documentary and stuff because i don't know if it was just him it was a matter of him not doing conventions and stuff because like he was just you know 
out of the industry and shit. And he was um, very against the movie. Like, just it was a bad experience yeah. for him. So, um, it, it seemed like. And he's talked about it, and it's 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 actually talked about in in good detail. Um, uh, it's well, not only on the documentary you mentioned, but also on Never Sleep Again, the um the extensive documentary on the entire Elm Street franchise. Which, which one I came first? Recommend. Which documentary came first? Never Sleep Again. Oh, Never Sleep it? Again came out in 2010. Because he, he, it seemed like it, he was, it was like tough for them to get him for Scream Queen. They like kind of built it up that they finally got a hold of him after all these years. I didn't realize. And no, because he was on. He no, they they actually he talked. They they got him for a sit down on Never Sleep Again. Okay. They got pretty much everyone that was still. If you had a pulse and you you know had a part in an Elm Street Patricia film, Arquette? they got you. The except there are exceptions, <laughs> unfortunately, because Arquette is one of them. And oh yeah, I always forget Larry's uh-huh. in the third one. <laughs> All right, so they got like ninety five percent of the people, and then no Johnny Depp either. Right, so. yeah, right. <laughs> but everybody else they got, and it's really good. I, I highly recommend it. I've, I've recommended it ever since I first saw it. Like I was just came out of that documentary. My initial reaction was, wow. How can they pull off like how they, they did it? I don't know how they did it, but they pulled off just the ap- most conclusive documentary on a seven film franchise that one can. And then the same company went like three or four years later and did the same thing with the entire Fr- Friday the 13th franchise. Camp Crystal Lake Memories. I actually own it. That motherfucker so long. It's on two Blu-ray discs. Yeah. It's a seven day. It's, it's a seven and a half hour documentary. Yeah, I have it too. It's crazy long. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, as far as um, Mark Patton, uh, Elm Street Two, uh, come out to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean. Uh, there's, you know, he did a lot of stage stuff. That's how Robert England knew him prior to uh, shooting Elm Street Two. Um, that's pretty much it as far as uh, his career goes, you know. But all it took was that one role, Jesse Walsh. Who, He'll be remembered forever, too. You know, at least the, the the genre fans out there. So yeah, I'll post a link on Twitter. Uh, there'll be a link on the episode notes for this uh, this podcast in particular. Um, if you know, even if you have like you know a couple dollars or whatever, you want to just do something good for a change, send it Mark's way. He needs it more than any of us do. So um, I also want to say, like, I thoroughly enjoyed oh. Nightmare on Elm Street too. I know I didn't just talk about this right now, but I... I When's the last time you watched it? About two years ago, maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Like, everybody seems to trash on that film, but I, I, I enjoy it. I don't think it's the fucking best in the franchise, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Maybe I'm just a diehard I started for Nightmare to come around. I started to come around doing it um, back in 2010 when we had the back-to-back blizzards. I got snowed in with Sean at Theopolis, and we literally sat down over Friday and Saturday in Marathon all seven Elm Street films plus Freddy vs. Jason and watching Elm Street 2 that late night I just for the first time had a positive reaction you know and then just the more I've watched it since then and now you know seeing the documentaries and and learning more about the films itself you know the, the film itself and the films themselves um, I just become more of a fan of the film. And I've appreciated it, and now, you know, it's my favorite sequel. Honestly, 
I'm not just saying that. I mean it. So I don't know about favorite, but it's it's Freddy. It's Freddy is scary in the movie. Okay, that's that's my main reason for it being as great as it is, in my opinion. And again, it's my opinion. Well, I I agree. That's why I like it so much. It's such a dark film, and the rest of the nightmare films, like even the first one, is like not necessarily happy-go-lucky or anything like that, but everything is so comedic. This is just like grounded in the reality of a fucking nightmare, and that's what I enjoyed so much about it. Well, the first one's yeah. the same, and, and you know, there's not really tone. any comedy in the first one. Yeah. I would say the first two have a matching similar tone, and then the third one just completely makes us steer left turn and into don't fuck with the chuckling nah. and stuff like that. That kind of hard. It takes like a slight right and then in the sixth one that's when it makes the hard turn when he turns into the Wicked Witch and Wily Coyote. <laughs> you seem to forget. In the fifth one he's a fucking motorcycle. Car, comic book villain. He turns into a motorcycle like Andrew just mentioned. I forgot about that one. Hey man, he had a need for speed. He's Don't like fucking coming judge him. Up. He's, he, he's popping up in fucking swimming pools, spitting water out of his mouth. Like, come on. It was, a, it was way before. Hey, the sixth one is like on a different level. Be like me. Be like me. I mean, come on. That, that movie's on a completely different level. I agree, but after yeah, the fourth one. Well, the map says you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. After- <laughs> the map says we're fucked. <laughs> After the fourth one, it all just became satirical, and I feel like I appreciate that, but not as much as I appreciate the first three. I don't. Nice hearing from you, Carlos. Oh, God. All right, on that note, fucking moving on. Corey, I think you're yeah. the last one with, uh, no. with an article. Yeah, I'm the last one. So I wanted to. What are we talking uh, about? We're talking about the Golden Globes and the COVID spread that's going on. So it started with Jamie Lee Curtis. And we got Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, uh, just a ton of people. Yeah, I, I knew nothing about this prior to your, uh, prior to this. Yeah. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny because, like, and this just highlights something that I just find amusing. It's just, I think everybody just got tired of the pandemic and got tired of COVID and just kind of was like, ah, we got enough vaccinations, let's move on. But it's really not over. Like, it's still around, especially during the winter months you know when people are indoors they never they never said it was over they never officially ended the pandemic no, but so. i think everybody kind of moved on i mean you see like these big gatherings and like just nobody's wearing a mask i think the only like major celebrity that was wearing a mask was jessica chastain from what the article said it was just like nobody yeah i read that and you know it's just like such a simple measure i mean i work with the public uh, all day and I, I wear a mask a vast majority of the day and I'm like one of the few but it's just I don't know it's just something simple it just highlights kind of what's going on just something that could we could easily do to um, curb the spread but anyway I just found it amusing because now it's messing up all the awards that are coming after like the Critics Choice Award apparently several celebrities didn't show up for that um, you know I, I don't know it's just amusing to me uh, I don't think it's going to make a difference I, I honestly don't think it's going to affect the, the the academy awards in march no it won't i think people will still turn up maskless whatever i mean you know um I, it's just people wanting to get back to their normal lives and being ignorant to the fact that like i said like they have not i think people have the mindset in their own heads that the pandemic's over because you know 
because you know vaccines and and the fact that you know there's so much else going on like we kind of forgot that there's still a pandemic going on but what i really wanted to say is you know as someone who works in the public myself as a vendor and you know someone who's been out there even prior to this job i've worked with the public but more recently now I've noticed a lot more people wearing masks out and while they're like shopping and stuff like that. Um, I, 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 I don't know what that says about, you know, things or whatever, but it's just something that I've noticed. It's just an observation, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Well, I'm just like, saying I've like the month. personally seen a lot more people out wearing masks and it's not just employees at, at, at stores and, and whatnot. It's actual people while they're out and about. Like, I see a lot more masks on people than I have, let's say, in the last seven to eight months, you know? Well, the month of December hit everybody hard. Like, I mean, pretty much everybody in my work was sick. Everyone around me was sick. Like, and, you know. Has everybody on this show had, had it yet? Have had COVID? Oh, yeah, twice. I had it last year. I have, yeah. I have not. Knock on, knock on wood. I have not either. And that's by design because I live in a. Um, just a highly susceptible household. So, uh, you know, that's... So me, 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 Justin, and Andrew? Yeah, I had it at the I've beginning of last been. year, like New, year, like New Year's Day, like around that time of year, very early. I year. remember that because we had... Because I had my daughter here. We had... This house had COVID for Christmas, not this past Christmas, but 2021 that my daughter brought in. And then... um. I personally, for I, I still to this day don't know how I got through that without get without contracting it myself. I blame the vaccine. That's why I got the vaccination. But um, I personally finally caught it last March. That's right, last March because it happened like right. It, I I I happened to catch it two weeks after my goddamn fro- former employer uh, did away with the fucking COVID policy where they paid you for two weeks and you got off. That ended. I had to take as little time off as possible, and I didn't get paid for it, which sucked. But I had COVID, so what you gonna do about it? In the great words of Corey, yeah, what you gonna, what you do, gonna about do about it? But I don't know. What I you just gonna do about it. I just wanted to highlight it because it's just an interesting thing. Because I think a lot of people are just of the mind of I'll just go out, live my life. I get sick, I get sick. Oh well, and that's great for a lot of people, but for somebody who uh lives in a house where it's very serious it, it just kind of sucks i can't have that kind of mentality so i don't know it was just an interesting article i was reading about because you know i just think to myself when i see these large gatherings it, honestly it just makes me squirm nowadays what? like I, it's just I, I can't even imagine myself sitting in a room like that well i knew you took it seriously still because you don't go to the movies with me or anybody you know, not really. Cause... Yeah, it's not. I mean, I went and saw the Batman. That was the one where I sat there with the N95 mask the whole time. That's right, and that was because we had the whole crew. Everyone on the show, you know, me, Justin, Sean, Andrew. We're well, not Andrew. I don't recall Justin you. being there. I was definitely there. No, I wasn't there. I watched it on HBO Max. I thought you were. I thought you came with us, Justin. No, uh-huh. no the first time I met Justin was at the wheel. That's right. Anyway, that's right. Yeah, Sean was, just, was there though. Yeah, Sean was there. My brother was there, and Andrew was there. Yeah, I remember. That's right. But yeah, it was just interesting. I don't know. It's just uh, real life uh, seeping into entertainment. So that's kind of why I picked that one. 
So yeah, it was just funny um, hearing about that. And then yeah, I liked uh, Justin's little uh, video <laughs> with Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> the Jamie Lee Curtis lookalike dancing. That was kind of funny. But yeah. Uh, um, two quick tidbits, and then I'll give a Sean update. Uh, Violent Night. If you guys didn't catch it in theaters, well, as of yesterday, it's on Peacock. Check it out. Who? How and many of us Megan caught it? Too. I think zero. I'm the only person who has seen Megan. Yeah. Am I right? Yep. No one else. All right. Check it out. It's good. Megan 2.0 comes out 2025. Release date January 16th. I think it. Were, I read. Um. Yeah, two years. Anyway, uh, Sean. So, uh, Sean's been gone for quite some time now. Unfortunately, uh, Sean now lives in Florida. He's relocated since May, June ish. Uh, Sean's had uh, health issues that pertains to his liver. Um, he's been in and out of hospitals, uh, basically what it all boils down to. Because for the longest time, doctors couldn't figure out what the hell was going on with Sean. And that's why I didn't have really a, a, a stern update. I didn't want to talk about it until I knew everything 100. So... He was in and out of the hospital over the summer, talking to different doctors while every like month and a half he had to get admitted because they had to give him, um, I think it's, it's like a, a blood fusion or something like that for, um, his body wasn't producing iron, enough iron. Um, so he, and, and since then in, in the process of all that happening, Life goes on, dealing with work. Um, ended up, you know, having to go down to Florida, like I said, relocating. Now he's down there. Uh, fresh start, or so we thought. Uh, unfortunately, Sean's been in the hospital now. He was first in the hospital uh, right, right before Christmas because he, he was um, released on Christmas Eve. He got to come home for Christmas. Um, now he's been back in the hospital since last week. This is the longest he's been in the hospital, like admitted for at this point. And, you know, um, he is his, like I said earlier, you know, his liver shot. He needs, I, I, I will actually give the proper update. This is the last update I got from his mother. Um, Pulling it up right now, gang. Um. Alright. So, Sean's been in and out of sleep. Some days he sleeps, like, most of the day. Other days he's up for a good while. Um. He's been accepted at Tampa. Tampa, Florida. The hospital down there. Um. He's been approved for a transplant. But no, he's not been approved for a transplant. I'm sorry, she got she misread that that information. They've admitted him. He's on the list, but he's not quite there yet. They there's just different. Anyone who needs a donor, there's a list, and it's a very complicated process. Unfortunately, right now, Sean is in the middle of dealing with that process. That's where Sean is right now. 
Um, you know, just whatever you're into. If you're into thoughts and prayers, you know, if you want to say a thing for Sean, go for it. Um, if you want to keep him in your thoughts, go for it. Sean's a strong guy. I've known Sean most of my life. Sean's one of my closest friends. I love Sean to death. We all do. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to pull through this. Um, you know, think about him every day, hoping for the best. And uh, that's your update on Mr. Sean Elliott. So hopefully we will have him back on here sooner than later. But, you know, it's like Bill Murray and what about Bob? Baby steps. All right. We're going to get there. Let's just, let's get Sean out of the hospital first. Let's get him the good. Let's get him back to his proper health. Baby steps, gang. Baby steps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to give him a shout out if we had recorded the Flash Gordon episode before now. So I'm glad you, you brought it up. Let everybody know what's going on. Yeah. And I, it doesn't, you know, he wouldn't have any issues with, you know, letting. The people know how he's doing. It's for the people. The people want to know how Sean's doing. Yeah. It's just heavy, man. It's just, I feel so bad. I, I, I mean, part of me is, like, glad that at least now they know what's wrong with him. You know, like, because for so long, like, you would just hear, like, the anguish, like, just in his voice. Like, I'm just, like, I don't know what's going on, and I'm just scared. Which, well, obviously, I know. Justin's talked to him. I haven't. I haven't even talked to him, like, actually on the phone. I've texted him, but I haven't talked to him since um, Christmas, uh, the the 23rd of December, when he was still in the hospital is when I talked to him last. I mean, he sounded a little bit different, but Justin, what I was getting at is you talked to him while he was, like, last week while he was in the hospital, and he sounded rough. He sounded rough, yeah. I, I, I just happened to text him earlier Friday because I was listening to some older episodes that he was, you know, I listened to the um, the Matrix uh, Resurrections episode that we all did together. And, oh, nice. And just shot him a text like, hey, man, you know, hope you're doing all right. Just listen to some old episodes, miss talking movies with you, something like that. And um, he ended up calling me later later in the evening. And, uh, yeah, he just he didn't sound good. Well, like I said, he's strong. And it is, I just have a gut feeling that, you know, it's, it's going to take a little while. But eventually we're going to get to that point where he's going to be back to normal. Yeah, part of it is and he's This is not me. And this is not me in denial talking either. He part of it is he's just he's had a bad run for a few years now. He he was just, you know, and, and yeah, I, he's just he feeling and personally this, wise, absolutely. And this is just like the, you know, the the final kick in the nuts and he's just like dejected at this point. And the thing is he needs to like have a more pot not not i don't want to put it that way i just want him to have a positive attitude going into this because i think it'll it'll help rather than just like kind of throwing up your hands right. and being like it is what it is like you know now's the time to like strap strap up your boots and fight back a little bit so um you know i just try to talk him up when i talk to him or text him in that regard I mean, I don't blame him. I, yeah. If I was in his position, I'd I would just probably want to like fucking give up too. Like he's just he's had a bad run, he's, so he's just he's tired, you yeah, know. Exactly, and this, that's, that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that. 
You know, it's okay to be tired. Um, but, you know, I love that guy to death, and I can't wait to have him back. I know it's going to be a long road, but like I, like I keep saying, he's strong. He's going to kick ass and take names, and we're going to get there. It may, it might not be tomorrow, but eventually it's going to come. Yeah, he's, so, he's a good guy. Just, his, yeah, he's one of the his best. His first episode so. back needs to be playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll actually watch that movie yes. if we can make that happen. So. I would do that. I would fucking do that in a heartbeat. Oh my god, that's awesome! I just want to say that I've spent so many hours with Sean, having a good time. Sean is such a good person deep down inside, and I know that. And I've got nothing but faith in him pulling through this. But I just can't wait for the day that I talk to him on a positive side. Like, I just can't imagine a world without Sean. I really can't. So, and I have nothing but faith that he'll pull through it. So I'm just excited for the day that I be able to sit down and talk to him again. Yeah. And on that note, I I don't know Sean. I've never met him, but for his sake and your guys' sake, I just I wish him the best. So, thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you for chiming in and saying that. Seriously, of course. I don't want to see any ill will against anyone so especially somebody right. that's you know such a big part of your guys life and everything too and you know and and i have listened to him on the show i have enjoyed his episodes and stuff so um you know i guess i can say i kind of know him you know in in that way <laughs> but i do yeah, wish him the best guy. yeah he, he was he was like as, as salty as i can be sometimes i actually hold back like sean didn't hold back like he just he was a, he's a salty <laughs> motherfucker and like no. he wouldn't hold back on the show he'd let you know so it, Exhibit A, listen to our last Kiss Goodnight episode. <laughs> or Exhibit B, listen to the episode that we didn't release about the Batman. <laughs> or in that case, Exhibit C, Casino Part 2, which never happened. Oh, it happened, it just never made it to air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It happened, all right. Oh, shit. All right, let's do coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. All right. Time to talk about Scream 6. You got a problem here, guy? the secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. Let's play a game. 
You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. Alright guys, it's just me talking about the Scream 6 trailer this week. Uh, this trailer actually dropped on Thursday. We typically record fewer casts on Wednesday. You want me. We typically so record fewer casts on Wednesday. And then we're gonna try to get everyone back together to, uh, you know, just talk about this. Guys? This became hectic, it became the weekend, and I just said, you know what? Truth be told, I'm the biggest Scream fan of the gang anyway. I know Justin, Jocelyn, my brother, um, they're not the biggest fans. I don't even argue that Justin's not a fan. Uh, I know Corey's a casual fan. Um, I know he's a, a fan. It's just, you know, I figured I'm just going to knock this out and talk about it share my thoughts since I'm the biggest fan so alright right off the bat we're in New York City this is different uh, I know the series had tried going out of Woodsboro in the past part two they went to Ohio for um, uh, I think it was Windsor College I think was the name of uh, that school in the second one I haven't seen the second one in a few years so bear with me and the third one of course was in Los Angeles in Hollywood but yeah the first the fourth the last one, uh, we're all in Woodsboro, and now we're in New York City, which is uh, a welcoming change, if you ask me. Um, right off the bat, Ghostface has a new mask. It's like this old, like this old deteriorating mask from one would assume it's probably one of the original masks. If that's the route they're going with this look, can't imagine it being a brand new mask off the line, making it look like that. You know, and we've seen this before with Halloween and stuff with uh, our original masks. And usually they have a look similar to the one in this film. So um, I'm probably, uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm too overly confident, but I don't know. I think it's a pretty good bet that um, the mask in this new film is going to be probably one that Billy and Stu wore or one or the other. But um, more on that in a little bit. Uh, the violence is definitely going to be amped up and unforgiven in this. In fact, I know Kevin Williamson, the writer of um, a lot of the original films, he has seen a rough draft of this movie, and he has said that it is just relentless. The violence is just amped up, and it is bloody. So that's good. Um, yeah, the, the, the trailer starts off with Ghostface channeling his inner Omar Little. I'm surprised he wasn't whistling as he was stalking uh, Samantha and Tara. But, um, you know, it's different. I know people are kind of blowing things out of proportion with Ghostface, you know, rocking a gun. But if you really think about it, in every film, Ghostface has had a gun. That's how the finale of these films have ended. The killer revealing themselves, rocking a pistol of some sort. So, you know, the only difference here is... Ghostface still has the mask on, so we'll see. And I only think it's for the one scene. And if you've seen the trailer, then you know he—it's—it comes from the the the, the clerk behind the da, the counter of the bodega. So yeah, um, signs of a possible call? I don't know. By the looks of things, uh, 
that could be the case. I know there's one shot. It's a real quick shot in the trailer here that with uh, Samantha and Tara kind of like back to back from each other and they're both facing just it's one side you see it's ghost face but you know you, you looks like only they're being surrounded by ghost face so I don't know if that's confirmation or not that there's going to be more than one killer in this film I mean if you really think about it the only film that's had more than one uh, the only film that's had one killer is the third every single screen film except for the third film has had numerous killers so I I don't I, I don't really see this one being too much different um and did they really just spoil Gail's death? I mean, probably not. If you remember a similar incident back in the uh, days of the Scream 4 trailer when that premiered back in, I think, t either 2009 or 2010, um, it, it looked like it, the, the trailer had spoiled Gail's death in the barn. But then once the film came out and we saw what really happened, she was merely attacked, but she just got stabbed and she survived that film. So I, I, I can't really see marketing spoiling... A major death like that in this one I know Dewey's death in the last screen film we really didn't see that shot in the trailer so I, I doubt they spoiled her death if she does die in the trailer like this uh, welcome back officer Kirby or Kirby now she's an officer uh, or, or a detective it looks like um, if I'm a betting man I'm willing to bet that she's a partner of a uh, Dylan McDermott's long-lost brother, Dermot Maroney. We'll see. <laughs> and um, last but not least, The Shrine. Let's talk about The Shrine that's in this trailer. Featuring everything from Stephen Orff's varsity jacket in the first film to the bloody shirt that Joe Roberts wore in Scream 4. And even the damn television set that killed Stu in the original film is on display here, right next to the robe that he wore at the party in the first film in the finale. So, yeah, a lot to uh, unpack from watching this trailer. Uh, luckily, we're only a month and a half away. So, you know, not too much longer before we actually see the final film, and I'm looking forward to it, not gonna lie. This looks like it's going to be really good. I was a big fan of the fifth film that came out last year. We did an episode on it. Uh, check it out. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Ghostface again. You know, I'm, I'm always down for some more Ghostface, and this film just looks like it'll be no different. So, yeah, March 10th. It's going to be a scream. Let's move on to Weekly Recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Alright, I'll go first. I will, I'm going to throw in the 2001 film from Frank Oz, The Score, which I just rewatched the other day. For the first time in years, actually, I've always been a fan of it. Um, the first movie I saw in the theaters by myself, and the last, I'm not going to say the last, that's, that's saying a lot, but it, for a while... De Niro went into a slumber in the mid-alts, and I feel like the score was his last solid hit for a while. Like He had that one last awesome, badass performance in this movie. He really did give it something. And then the slump occurred for almost a decade or so. And, you know, uh, this movie, though, um, Marlon Brando... Edward Norton, just Edward Norton, a very young Edward Norton at that. 
him and De Niro just bouncing off each other on screen is just I've always enjoyed seeing these two act out together in this movie but um was this Brando's last film I'm, I'm I don't trying to think see. so. I, th- it wasn't far off. Yeah, I feel like there was one or two after he, that, but I, I could know be he, wrong. It was no, you. It, it 2001's the score was his last role. Okay. Holy shit! So Marlon Brando's last role, and you know, I know he had problems on set with the director Frank Oz. I know there was they had tensions together. He, I uh, know uh, Brando always referred to Frank Oz as Miss Piggy because of his career with the Muppets that just rubbed him the wrong way. So there was shit back, you know, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, it's not a perfect film. Angela Bassett, I still don't know what her purpose in the movie is. Yeah, that, that, she's in like two scenes, and that adds nothing to it's. It's like a wasted talent. Other than that, you know, it's it's really all about De Niro and Norton and their performance and, you know, the, uh, okay, bye-bye, I, that, the little sign-off <laughs> that I do from uh, from time to time come from the score. So, but yeah, Kino Lorber put it out a few months ago in 4K, and I they had a Black Friday sale a couple months back, and I grabbed it and sat on it for a few weeks and finally sat down and watched it a few nights ago and was just taken back it you know it's a really good movie so that's my recommendation for this week the score yeah i just rewatched it uh just like a month ago and um yeah i mean you and i talk about this sometimes i think we're the only two people who really like that movie i don't which i don't understand why it's so yeah i don't, I don't either it. i thought it was middle of the road for me i, I remember yeah, watching so it and it was okay people- yeah, feel it best that it was middle of the road. But I, I think it's now. I don't. I don't agree with you with De Niro. De Niro's good. I don't think he's bad, but I think it's kind of just a typical De Niro performance. Um, but I think Brando is better than he's given credit for in it, and Edward Norton's great in it. Like he, it, Norton is like the star. Yeah, it's movie. worth he's watching just for his performance. Yeah, he's something else in that movie. So, but I don't. I'm not a big fan of heist movies, and. Um, I, I enjoyed the heist in this one. I thought it was pretty cool. The heist itself, they they really pull off uh, a gripping sequence that involves like, you know, they 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 got the plan all down pat. Then once they get there, you know, of course, shit goes all right. It's like, man, and then of course, you know, they can bail out, but they decide to go for it anyway, which you know. I would like to talk about the movie in detail at some point. I would love for it to be an episode, yeah, which there's no doubt in my mind it will, because I definitely want to talk about, like, there's some things about the movie I question, like, you know, because he's so reluctant to do the heist to begin with, and then the shit happens where it's, like, makes the mission damn near impossible, but he's like, ah, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. Stuff like that. We'll get to it, though. It'll be an episode. We'll talk more in detail, but for now, it, it is what it is. Still love it. The score from 2001. My recommendation, how about you, Jocelyn? Um, I wanted to use this opportunity to talk about the menu a little bit. Um, oh, fucking love it. Let's talk about the menu. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, a lot of us hadn't really had a chance to see it before the end of the year. And um, I know that you had seen it in theaters. It was like an advanced screening or something, wasn't it? I, th- I feel like I had tickets to an advanced screening, but I, I ended up for one reason or another not going to it. I, I, I saw it 
I went by myself on opening day, and then I went again about a week later with uh, my daughter, and we saw okay, it. Okay, so. that's probably what I was thinking of then. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it honestly was different than I thought it was gonna be. Um, would you expect? I don't, I, I really honestly don't know what, what I was expecting, but it wasn't what okay. I was expecting. Um. I, I, I kind of, I guess I kind of thought it was going to be kind of like a glass onion type thing, like murder mystery type style thing. And, oh, um, you know, I, I, Nicholas Holt's character was completely not what I expected either. Cause you, you know, obviously he just turns out to be a giant fucking douchebag in the movie. Spoiler alert. But, um, um, I didn't like him. It was like the very first thing that I've seen him in. And I, I didn't like them. Well, you're at not all. supposed to like any of them, right? Yeah, yeah. The I point. mean, they're all like dirtbags. Yeah, I get it. But um, uh, this is the first movie that I I I really like. I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of Anya Taylor Joy, but um, I do respect her as an actress. I think she's great. And honestly, this is like the first movie that I saw that I I, I was kind of blown away by her. Um, performance. I I don't know why. I just think that she. It was this. It wasn't the witch. Um, it wasn't Morgan. I've never seen Morgan, but I did see the witch. The witch <laughs> is the first thing I ever saw her in, obviously. But um, that God, I haven't seen that movie since about a year or two after it came out, which was a very long time ago. But um, but yeah, I mean, I ju- I just think she did a really good job. I, I liked everything about her character, her you know, her little conversations between her and the chef and everything, and and him basically. Yeah, her monologue at the end, the cheeseburger is great. Yeah, she's yeah, the- I really did enjoy that a lot. She's the main character of Queen's Gambit, correct? Yeah, yes. that's what sold me on her Queen's Gambit. I, I, I haven't I seen that yet, it, but it looks so fucking intriguing. Is oh. that a movie or a no, series? It's a TV show? It's a limited series, and she—that's okay. what sold me on her. Uh, the witch she was good in too, but that I was like, man, she's on a different level in this one. I haven't seen that yet. I have been wanting to get around to it though, but um, I definitely will. But um, but yeah, I mean, I—it was nice seeing John Leguizamo and stuff because you know I feel like he was just—you haven't seen him in stuff for a really long time. And oh, John Leguizamo is great. Yeah, yeah, I, it's great. I, I like enjoyed him and everything too. But I, I mean, I enjoyed the storyline, the plot, and everything. It was interesting. It wasn't. It probably wouldn't have made like top five for me last year, but I definitely enjoyed watching it. Um, Greg and I both did, um, especially. The humor's on point too. I mean, but I didn't really think it was like. I mean, like we laughed. I, I thought Anya Taylor Joy had some one-liners that oh, I laughed yeah a lot like we cracked movie. up with a lot of especially stuff that the she fucking said. chicken coop scene I think it was hilarious yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 great it's it's a but funny a lot movie. of stuff like took me by surprise like I mean I'm not going into details but you know what I'm talking about the mess I was just like what the fuck <laughs> like, just yeah. I don't know I just wasn't expecting that but all in all I did enjoy the movie. Um, it, it was it, it it's definitely one that nobody should sleep on for sure um so i um yeah i liked it and and i that's my weekly recommendation i think everybody should at least give it a try we gel yeah <laughs> the tortillas <laughs> that was my favorite part these are tortillas, tortillas. that's my favorite line yeah <laughs> 
These are tortillas, which contain Ecobrite's tax records and other documents showing how your company has created invoices with fake charges. Oh, shit. All right, Andrew, what do you got for us? Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Sorry, my microphone is all kind of out of whack. My uh, <clears throat> quote-unquote recommendation is It's Pat. It's Pat. It's <laughs> comedy. Oh, God. <laughs> and it, it features a bunch of people that I don't know, but Kathy Lee Griffin is in it. <laughs> at the same time, it's based on an SNL skit, which you know is probably going to be absolutely terrible. But let me tell you how terrible it is. The budget was $8 million, <laughs> and the box office was $60,000. Holy <laughs> shit. That's a tank right there. But don't let that discourage you. I'm sure the film is fine, right? I mean... It's based on an SNL skit. It's based. It's 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 about a job hopper of. I don't even know what that word is. That. Gender who is <laughs> searching for a steady foundation in life. I mean, let hey, let's you know it. this 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 film looks terrible, but it deserves your attention because I said it deserves your attention, and that's about all I can say about it. Well, this, this this tidbit about that random movie deserves your attention too. You know who was a ghostwriter on that film? Absolutely not. <laughs> that's even better so quentin tarantino says you should watch this film even though the budget says you shouldn't <laughs> no the budget was correct the budget says you should not watch this film because they dumped eight million dollars into this and i have no fucking idea why mm, all right my actual record actual recommendation is American History X. Um, okay. American History X, I actually just watched this film like a couple of weeks ago just out of random while I was on my day off. And Us Snyders have a hard on for Edward Norton this week. I don't know what it is, but this, this film is like categorically terrible when you think about it from a morale standpoint, but it's so goddamn good that you, like, alright, so it's about a neo-Nazi who is Edward Norton who starts to realize just how terrible of a lifestyle he lives with his ideology and when he gets out of jail because he goes to jail i won't i won't you know if you've never seen it i won't he goes to jail for a california smiley that's all you have to say yeah yeah sure sure i wasn't gonna spoil it but that's an iconic scene in cinematography but like the whole the moral i guess moral tension between the entire film is what got me like because obviously Edward Furlong, or Furlong, who you know, John Connor in Terminator Two, uh, he he's he's got this completely warped lifestyle that he wrapped around his brother, who was portrayed by Edward Norton, about being this neo-Nazi. But Edward Norton, when he gets out of jail, realizes how fucked his ideology is and tries to like in- implement that with his his brother Danny who was portrayed by Edward Nor- Furlong so like I, I won't spoil too much of it because the film is absolutely fantastic but the moral uh, dilemma the entire film involves is is something that everybody should see it's it's such a well told story and that's that's my pick of the week because it's it, the ideology of Edward Edward Norton and Edward Furlong like the way that they like kind of bat heads in this film is just magnificent 
Not to mention it's got Ethan Soupley, I think is how you pronounce his last Soupley. name. Yeah, Ethan Soupley. Soupley. Uh, Soupley. 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 It's not Soufflé. It's not a Soupley. fucking French cuisine. Whatever. Stop. All right. No, not to cut you off, but I'm just saying. Uh, my, my, my thing about American History X is it's a good movie. It's, it's a really good movie. It's a great movie. But, but it's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard watch. It's it's a movie yes. that you can only watch so often. I've only seen the film collectively like three, two or three times. Um, it's not one that you like to revisit because it's the kind of movie that watch you watch it, even though it's chock full with outstanding performances. It's still a movie that makes you want to take a shower once you're done watching it because you just feel dirty. And um, yeah, it's that's that's pretty much where I'm at on the on that movie. Um, kind of a ballsy recommendation. It's a movie that's great. I would never really recommend it to people because of the material, but I, I get it. Um, the material is hard yeah, to watch. it's 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 actual... a hard it's a hard movie to watch. But the move, but the actors are really you can tell they care about the film you know you got the one scene with the father from boy meets world which at the dinner and um the the, the scene with elliot gould as the guidance counselor and there's just you know the, all the flashbacks in black and white form annabelle gish it, it or not annabelle gish the other one from slc punk is in the one who plays sandy she's the sister um it's a raw fucking movie, but goddamn, Edward Norton and Edward Furlong are fucking great. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, yeah, that's 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 all. It's a hard pill to swallow, but at the same time, it's, you know, I guess, psychologically speaking, it's Edward Norton's realization of, like, my ideology is completely fucking warped, but because of how warped well, yeah. it is, it's, it, it's it portrays it onto his younger brother, who is portrayed by Edward Furlong. So it's this consistent, like, morale battle <laughs> of, like, dude, what you're believing in is completely fucked. Even though I'm the one who presented it to you, I'm the one who's actually right. trying to take it from you. And that's that's what I like most about this film. Like, realizing that you are completely wrong in the situation and trying to drag everybody else that you led this ideology on to get away from it if you will yeah it's a movie that like i said it's 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 ballsy of you to recommend it but it's also a movie that i i'll counter that by saying everyone should see american history x at least once in their life just one viewing just you know it's it's that it's it's that good yeah it's a hard film to watch but at the same time like the actual story of you know Edward Norton trying to bring Edward Furlong out of this ridiculous ideology of his. That's what I like. Stop it! You can't repeat yourself. Stop! Fucking repeat yourself. You have said the same thing five fucking times. Edward Norton and Edward Furlong again. I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. I know. I was just like. Is anyone else thinking the same thing I'm just waiting to hear who right plays now? I'm, Am I hearing the same shit over and over? I'm just waiting to hear who plays the younger brother. I'm on like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was Guy just Tory excited. He portrays Lamont. I was just excited for Ethan Souplay because it was a different name thrown in there. <laughs> Listen, you know I'm on the trigger, all right? 
I come up with oh, this man. one. This is Edward something. Makes another, we lead back into Edward Furlong and Edward Norton. <laughs> the best thing right. about it is I, I am not editing a single part of that shit. My, my oh, favorite man. part is the fact that you showed me a racist scumbag. Alright, move forward. Oh, man. Don't be racist. It was released That's in moral. 1998 and it had a much uh, better outcome <laughs> and than a the better fucking shitty ass than it's Pat. It's Pat. <laughs> All right, Justin. <laughs> Without repeating yourself, what are you recommending this week? <laughs> he picks American start. History X we, because of and, and Edward we kick Norton and Edward we Furlong. My movie does not star Edward Norton or Edward Furlong. Um, but first of all, like, are, are we going to have the Skinamark conversation, the Skinamarine conversation at any point, Ed? Oh, what is man. this movie I, mean, I keep hearing about? Let's do it. I thought it was a let's band. Let's fucking do it. I, I let's keep, go. Like Skinamarinky Dinky Dink. That's, uh, that's what I think <laughs> of every I don't want to recommend this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Justin and I saw... Justin and I went and saw Skinamarink last Friday night. And it was an experiment. Or it, it was that. But it was, it was an experience. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm sure most people listening by now that... No, no, of this movie. It's literally a hundred minutes of just composition shots throughout a house overnight. It's different. It's told. It's shown in weird angles. The average shot is like three to five seconds long. It's like quality down. It was shot for only fifteen grand. Um, it, it, everything's low down. It's like it's it's like like. Super 8 quality. This this sounds muffled. It's literally two children wake up at night to find their parents are missing. And then throughout the night, different pieces of furniture and doors and windows start to disappear. And it's no... There's no... Um, you know, there's no dialogue, honestly. The whole movie's just told through these shots. And... It's it's hard to explain other than what I just did without spoiling things. I mean, look, my initial reaction was a half Star Wars experience I've ever had in a theater ever when I came out of it. But in hindsight, looking back, five stars and thinking about it, just having this shit. No, no. Um, I wouldn't give it a half star if I had to rate it again. I'd give it more of like a half star and a half. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> half star and a half. A three quarters star? Stars. <laughs> hey, hey, it's, it's a full star more. No, honestly, the more I think about it, the more I kind of want to see it again, but not in a theater with an audience because I almost, I'm not going to lie, Justin, I almost busted out laughing about 10 minutes into the movie because, like, <laughs> I was holding in laughter because I was just, like, expecting someone to be like, what the fuck is this yeah, or I something? Like, I was, I mean, it was like, like, we talked about coming out of the movie. It was like, I was expecting this to be, like, just an event of just people just walking out throughout yeah. the movie. Only one group of people and me, got like, up and walked out. I was people. Disappointed. Just one group. <laughs> yeah. Because it was a lot. There was, like, 75% of the theater was was full. Yeah, I was you know? shocked it at wasn't that. Like, it, I it thought wasn't it was like a like Netflix a movie. Turnout. That's that's how much I knew about it. Well, it started as like a TikTok thing. Like, uh, I've heard the term creepypasta thrown around, which I'm not familiar with. Okay. It's, it's, it's apparently like a 
like a creepy pasta in, in a in a film sense or something. Creepy pasta is like I, I immediately. What were you gonna say? Creepy pasta is like like a very unsettling YouTube video. It's more or less YouTube. Yeah, that's what this TikTok. movie is. It's what this movie's supposed to be. I actually, the next day after I went home and after I saw it, I, I watched a couple of uh, reviews on YouTube. People were praising it, and then I watched uh, Chris Stuckman's review on it, and he's talking about how like he's giving it all high praise, and I'm like, what the fuck are you people <laughs> seeing in this movie that I apparently missed? I mean, he's I looking love at Chris it, and then, film. I think he's looking at it from a filmmaker's then, perspective. Well, obviously. he's the one who really made it make. He's the one that really made it make sense uh, more than anybody else, and you know, he said that it, it shit that it was going for it actually got right if you're familiar he made a lot more sense in his review than what i'm trying to explain right now but yeah no spoilers i i want to go back and watch it again it leaked i didn't know this prior to us excuse me prior to us going to see it apparently it leaked online yeah like, that's how they're getting a the screener clip. was going around that's how they have the clips and for tiktok is it, it had leaked online at some point and yeah, um, it leaked in like early december apparently. i mean like was yeah. it was it actually scary or like creepy? It's it creepy, yes. It's I don't know about scary. Creepy is yeah. Yeah. It listen, it the movie itself pretty much builds up to the final scene, which it's freaky. It's a freaky final scene, but it's kind of underwhelming when you think when you look at the whole grand scheme of things. You you're expecting this big grand payoff, kinda of like Blair Witch Project. Yeah. But you don't you get uh, a, a, a final shot that is something, but it's, I don't know. It's, turn your camera off, Andrew. It's it's something, though. It's, you watch it for yourself. I, I You know, I don't want to discourage anybody from seeing it because I want to support local horror. I'm, I'm definitely horror, intrigued uh, after horror. you guys have talked about it, for sure. Yeah. Now, I'm curious. You know, it, <laughs> it's it's an endorsement. You know, like, I, I changed my opinion about it. It's after way kinda, too long. It, it, after like after like sitting on it a little bit and thinking about it and and then like reading some stuff and why because I was like you I was seeing people like praising it. I'm like ah, like really like I, and I get the movie it's not like I didn't understand it and then I read it and I'm like oh that's right like, same I got here. it but it was just like I got it 20 minutes into it and then it goes on for another hour and 10 minutes or, or hour and 20 right, minutes. Exactly. It's just like, exactly. If this was a 20 minute movie, it would be phenomenal. And it just went on way too long. Um, I, there's one sequence halfway through that got me tense, but then real quick, it went away because of what they do with it. And Justin, you know what scene I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. We talked about. Kind, of like, kind of like the aliens in the barn with Nope for me. I turned it off because I got scared, and then I turned it back on and I was like, that was fucking stupid. Yeah, there's like a stubborn <laughs> yeah, this, this refusal. Scene might do it to you. A stubborn refusal on this movie's part for anything to happen. Like, it's literally like the first five to ten minutes you get it like what it is and it's that for the rest of the entire movie so that that was my biggest problem with it and it was funny because in the theater like about eight minutes in i could tell that the movie was losing the audience because people yeah. were starting to have like little conversations amongst themselves and getting up and walking out and coming back in and getting up and walking and out chuckling at things they want to yeah like everybody to. was just getting restless and it was it, it happened quick and um the movie had no business being as long as it no. was. It should have been with the concept that had going for it. 
75 minutes, yeah. dude. Not a minute longer. Yeah. Not a minute longer. But no, this motherfucker had the balls Apparently, Justin minutes. said 20, 25 minutes, which is very fucking short for a movie, by the way. Yeah, it should have been a short movie. film. You have, you have to be 75. Yeah, it should have been a short. And it was based on a yeah, short film. Yeah, it was based on a short. Yeah, I, I want to go back and watch it. And apparently, the guy's been doing YouTube videos, and what he does is he would have people send in his dream, send in their dreams, and then he would film their dreams. So he's in this very like abstract. That's not weird. It's it's like an abstract form of storytelling, and that's I really appreciated that aspect of it. That sounds now, super dope. Just, if it had just been wedded to some kind of story where something happens, I could have got on board with it. Like I walked out like that, yeah. that's like a one star movie, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like. I, I could bump it up to two and a half. There's things about it that I appreciate it, but it, it's it's an endurance test, and it just a, a movie shouldn't be an endurance test, or at least yeah. it, it could be an endurance test with some sort of payoff. I'm okay with that, but I just don't feel there was any payoff. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are also comparing it to Blair Witch Project and, and Paranormal Activity. Like this is like those films for this era i'm like no we're getting carried away by saying shit like that just aesthetically i, can, I see where me, they're coming from but yeah no. just looks wise it was like if paranormal activity was a, a um a, stu- a film student's like final project in 1972 like it has that kind of look about it which is interesting it's blair witch it's blair witch and paranormal put together sort of essentially yeah. But I thought if you've ever seen that movie Begotten, it's like from the early 90s, it's like a real like very, very strange um, abstract horror movie. And that's only like 80 minutes long. So they got the idea, like, don't stretch it out too long. Actually, I don't even think it's that long. I think it's like maybe not even 70 minutes long. Um, But I I was definitely getting vibes of that off of it. Um, So I don't know if that's a recommendation or What's that? It, it, I said, don't bite off more than you can chew. Right, yeah. So Make sure your eyes are not bigger than your belly. It's inter- It's coming to Shudder. So if you have, like, if you don't rush out to the theater yes. and see it, it's, it'll it's be on Shudder. Shudder, and then you can watch it on there. So, um, Well, it was, was kind of like Terrifier 2. It was only supposed to be like a one-week engagement or something like that. But it made a theaters. ton of money. Like, the word of mouth, like, people are like, you got to fucking see this thing. It so. made like $800,000. Yeah. So, what's pretty good. It cost 15000 so, yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Not T- too shabby. Terrifier 2 looks terrible. Yeah, it's a, it's a, Terrifier 2 looks terrible. Is it good? No. It's not a good movie at all. I saw it in theaters. It's... I can vouch. Well, not vouch. It's, all right. No. I was going to go um, see it until I read it was two and a half hours long. I'm like, oh my it's like that too. Oh it's my two and a half word. hours. I wouldn't even no. spend five minutes. I on survived that movie. Terrifier 2. I can tell you, as an eyewitness, it is every bit of two and a half hours long, and you feel that t- that fucking length. Holy shit. I bet you do. Never mind. I don't want to see it. It's literally a two and a <laughs> half hour slasher film with week. a killer clown. <laughs> I don't want to see it, but I'll recommend it. <laughs> but anyway, oh, and it's got a dope soundtrack. Other than that, and, oh, and, and a really good final girl. But other yes, than keep those, going. What, what <laughs> do I put it in for? Um, so what's your actual recommendation? My actual Justin? recommendation is another movie that you and I saw recently, but a week before. Oh, yeah. We got Avatar 2. Yep, the Way of Water. 
Um, oh yeah, it's fucking magnificent. There's just no other way to put it. Like Hold I on, went what? in there. What did I say? It's what? Huh? What did you say it was? I said we got avatar <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We did. Go on. Like we walked in joking about like you think you're gonna get avatarded, you know? Because I we were both kind of walking in with like subdued expectations. Like part one's good, you know, whatever. I I was more excited than Ed just because I have faith in James Cameron. And um and that I was walking in like this motherfucker's dragging me to see this goddamn <laughs> movie. I even said to you, I told you I was like, I I couldn't let you go alone to see this. Oh, I definitely would have went alone. I don't care about that. But um, no, I'm glad you went because you ended up liking it as much as I did. Um, I did a full 180 on that bitch. Yeah, it's just, it's fucking incredible. Um, again, the story, like the first one, is nothing groundbreaking, but, I, you know, I think, the, and the thing about it is, like, I've seen people shit on the story, and it's actually, like, five stories. There, there's, like, a lot going there's on lot. in the movie. There is, there is. And, um, there is. And, I mean, you know, the, obviously the special effects are as, as good as you would expect. Like, for the first five minutes, I was like, I'm really liking this, but I kind of wish I wasn't seeing it in 3D. And, um, but after about 10 or 15 minutes, I was so immersed in the movie that it's just blended in and I didn't even notice that anymore. Um, but the first 15 minutes are just some of the best filmmaking I've seen in I don't know how long. And I just walked out of that like that. It's the first movie of that type since probably the first matrix like a first kind of sci-fi fantasy adventure action adventure kind of thing that i just walked out going that just blew me the fuck away um it's what i've wanted star wars to be for 40 years now like since return of the jedi like it's that kind of science fiction movie um so yeah if you haven't seen it yet it's going to be around for a while i highly recommend carving out some time to go see it I'm jealous. I, I can't wait to see this yeah, movie. <laughs> I, I, I I second everything Justin just said as someone who was right there next to him watching it. Um, and as someone who went into it, like, no expectations because I couldn't give a damn about the movie itself. And turns out, if we could go back and redo our 2022 list, it'd be at the top. Yeah, it would have been my oh, number yeah. one. It would be at the top, number one. It's that fucking good. Let me tell you. Number one? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. It, I'm telling you, it's mind number blowing, one dude. with a bullet, it's, as it's, Corey would say. It's fucking mind blowing. It's really that good. So it's a lot better. Than Andrew, the first I'm one, not kidding. The oh, first yeah. one was subpar. At yeah. Best. Yeah. Exactly. It, no, I agree. It, it destroys the film. Right, it's so then. good. Look, it's so good that it makes me want to go back now and watch the first one and maybe reevaluate it. That's how fucking good it I'm, is. I'm staring at my Blu-ray right now. Blu-ray right now. Like, do I want to watch you again? So, do I? So who wants to go in the next couple of weeks and see it in theaters? IMAX 3D. I'm down. I have my A-list. So I can go see it anytime. Just let me know. Yeah, I've been seeing it. Should, if we go see it, should we see it in 3D or not? Since you guys have seen it. IMAX 3D. Yes, go all in on this movie. Okay. The only reason it? I like the first one is because of IMAX 3D. I was going to go this past Saturday, but then there was shit online about shit going down at the Avenue, and I was like, yeah, I don't really want to go if there's going to be well, I mean, craziness shit, I think we going should, on. I think we should all go, but was, we'll discuss that in the group I was, chat. I was, I was, yeah, we should do a film effect screening. Anyway, um, 
Well, very good then. Um, I guess it's time to put a period Boy. on this hey, episode. I didn't go, motherfucker. <laughs> goddamn, no, pal. I, I had to listen to Andrew. I had to listen to Andrew drone on about Edward Furlong and Edward Norton. I had to listen to you more about American history. I got to listen to you guys talking about. I'll say the same fucking three things. I got to listen about Skin and Marinky Dinky Dink. So I mean, I'm going to talk now for a minute. <laughs> Um, anyway, I've been, cu- I've been catching up on a lot of movies, um, that didn't obviously make my list cause I hadn't seen yet from, uh, 2022. So just a quick rundown, uh, of the movie and if it would have made my list. So I watched Prey, very solid. I don't think it would have made my list, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Banshees of Isherin definitely would have made my list. Love that movie. Great uh, movie. Yeah. It wouldn't have been in my, so it good. wouldn't have been in my top like three or four, but it would definitely made my list. Great, excellent movie, just hilarious. Um, Amsterdam wouldn't have made my list, and it was pretty good until the end. I think the end, it's kind of like a wet fart at the end, and I think that's why it got no spoilers, no spoilers, spoilers, but it's just a terrible ending. I think that's what turned a lot of people off from the film, and that's why I got bad reviews. But other than that, it's really good, actually. I still want to see Babylon, yeah, and then, um, and that leads me up to the menu. Which that would have been, I don't think it would have beat the Batman, but it would be in my top three. I fucking love the menu. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was yes. one of the best films I've seen, obviously, all year. Loved it. I As somebody who works in the service industry, I think it hits on a different level if you've worked in uh, the hospitality or service industry as I have for so long. It, it just hits on a different level because I've experienced so much of the same bullshit that uh, goes on there, and I you just truly know those people. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is so true. I think I don't know the writer who um did the film, but I'm assuming that they worked in the industry or were very close to the industry because that's the only way I can imagine uh, how they could pull that off. I just loved it so much. It, it was great. I love the little cards with all the different courses, like at the end when it's got like the s'mores. And it's yes. got- the entire building people like i just love that it, it was just hilarious and the ending was great it it was great all the way through it didn't uh falter at any point and it knew what it was trying to do and yeah the tortilla thing had me laughing so hard i mean those are tortillas, tortillas. like me and this other guy at work um who both love the movie have been saying that to each other for <laughs> all week now tortillas like it's just a hilarious movie with funniest movie of the year easily for me. So, uh, I just loved it. So that I just wanted to go through a few of the movies I had seen recently. I haven't seen avatar, so I'll have to get on that one eventually. But, um, anyway, my real recommendation, and this might be a no brainer, but I just wanted to talk about it cause it's such a big event. And that's the last of us on HBO. I watched the first episode, uh, and I really enjoyed it and, and I loved it. So, the Last of Us is one of my favorite video games of all time, definitely of the more recent generations. Uh, so watching the TV show on HBO was kind of a treat. I think Pedro Pascal was like perfect casting as a uh, Joel. So uh, the first episode, it is exactly true to the video game. It pretty much follows the opening. So any fan of the video game, you kind of know what I'm getting at, what's going to happen. Uh, and it's just excellent. It's just the the production quality is top notch. The storytelling, the acting, just everything is great. And it's just got me hooked. I'm so excited. Um, I just wanted to bring it up because it was just such a big event. So I, nobody I else want, brought it up. So I want to I want to speak about it. Yeah, I have not ahead. seen it. I have not seen it yet. I'm going to watch it on Monday. The first two episodes because I didn't watch the first episode. Obviously, the second episode will be up 
The Last of Us is my favorite video game of all time. I've been dying to have everybody watch the story that unfolds, and I highly implore you to do so. Like The Last of Us is my favorite video game of all time because of the story in particular. So the fact that HBO is willing to helm this, the fact that Pedro Pascal is Joel, and I even... I, God fucking what is her name? The Trey's Ellie. I, I don't know her name, but she's she's good in the first episode. Yeah, she's good. I'm just saying, like every everyone should give it a chance. Like it's such a like your your heart's gonna be torn out of your chest. It really is, especially in the first episode. I haven't seen it yet, but I can only fucking imagine no, first, you know maybe yeah. 35, 40 minutes of the episode, but I, I'm so excited for everybody to, to finally envision this story because the story of The Last of Us is by far the greatest the video games have ever come across. So, yeah, and I just love the fact that it's crossing over. Like my wife was someone interested, and she doesn't play video games at all. But yeah, I, I just like the fact that it's kind of crossed over the mainstream. I've never never played the games before because I'm not a gamer, but. I watched the pilot episode earlier today of The Last of Us and was just completely captivated by everything I was watching and the story and the opening fucking, I'll call it a prologue, everything that happens prior to the invasion or whatever you want to call it. It just, uh, it got me for reasons. And then the show kicks in to... I, there's just so many and I actually went back after watching it because people were talking about you know I was reading up on it and they're like these there's certain shots that like things going on in the background yeah but the, the cause when you're watching it you're you're focused on the character and not what's going on behind them and then going back after rewatching and seeing what happens it's like so many small things some of the craziest shit yeah like yeah. case in point um, and I won't spoil anything major but um when uh, the daughter is in visiting the neighbors and you see, that's what I'm referring see, to. That you shot see the elderly I'm woman to. in the background. It's just so creepy. And it's just like, that's the shot I was referring yeah, to. It's just so great. Like the storytelling is on point and second to none in the, in the uh, show. And I'm, I'm hooked. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, I'm so down. It leaves on a little bit of a tease for the second episode and I'm so ready. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to what's, what's to come again. Not knowing a single thing about the story because I haven't played yep. the game, I haven't read anything on Wiki, nothing, nothing like that. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to uh, what's to come for these next eight episodes. Y'all don't even understand yeah. how fucking awesome the and Nick Offerman. Nick oh, Offerman's shit. got a role he's coming in it? up. Nice. Yeah. Oh, he's he's one of my favorite characters in the game, Bill. Yeah. Just waiting. Mm. This story is yeah. this story is the greatest the video games ever told. I'm so excited to see how it unfolds in HBO and obviously a different medium. Yeah, just playing the video game, I was like, this would make a great movie because it's just done so well in the video game and it's just so dark because the gameplay is good, but yeah, the storytelling, like you said, Andrew, that's what that's what made me love the game for sure. The gameplay is pretty good. But at the same time, the story is just so captivating. Like, I feel like everyone in the world should envision this. So I can't wait for everyone to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to put a period on this episode. But before we do, I want to remind everyone to check out our never-ending collection of Film Effect content over at the Archive, which can be found on our website, 
www.thefilmeffectpodcast.com and on all major podcast platforms including Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and so on and so forth. Follow us on Facebook at The Film Effect Podcast and also Twitter at Film Effect Pod. And if you really enjoyed this podcast, then please let us know by leaving a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, or directly on our website. Your honesty is always appreciated and it really goes help the show out and gets our content more exposure in the end. This week's episode for the Film Effect Takeover Month hasn't been recorded yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one that Justin and I are going to be doing on Flash Gordon. Hey, I'll be there, too. It's going to be a real banger. That's That's right. Corey's back now. (laughs) That's right. And after that, we've still got episodes to come from Andrew and Jocelyn. Andrew's picked Casablanca. While we'll be breaking down Shaun of the Dead for Jocelyn's show. And uh, we're done here. For real this time. Thanks to my co-hosts for all they do and to our listeners for staying true. And until next time, I'm Ed. I'm Jocelyn. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm Justin. And I'm Corey. And check me out on the movie loot. January episode, me and Carla are going to have some fun. Nice. You. Peace, love, and chicken grease. Toodles. See ya. Sayonara. See you guys. Bye, Felicia. Sayonara? What the fuck is that? Close enough.